Okay, we're here. We're back. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Welcome everyone to episode 15 of the podcast. How is everyone doing tonight? Uh, if you're wa- or I guess if you're listening in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, thank you so much for doing so this later time. Uh, wow, no, dude, these storms have been crazy and it's like as soon as we we're about to start the podcast, everything just started going south. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I want to say if you're if you're listening in live with us, bear with us. Um, if we get any technical difficulties, or if one of us just cuts out randomly, mm-hmm. and like it could just be that our power went out. It's been uh, it's been downpouring. <laughs> like I feel like we're in like Vietnam and monsoon season right now. Is what it feels like outside. It's pretty crazy. So we're gonna try to bear it out here tonight, and hopefully we can get a good pot out. If not, maybe we'll try and re-upload something to the YouTube channel uh, as far as like recording it off of the stream, but. Bear with us. Uh, should be a good one as far as we're able to stay in. Rob, how are you doing today? Dude, I am hurting, to be honest with you. I've been dealing with really bad back spasms uh, this past week, and I thought I got rid of them yesterday, and now they're coming back. And it could be just sitting here waiting for baseball, the metaphor. But no, but I don't know, man. It just it kind of sucks. But, you know, on the flip side of things, I know you have some exciting news to announce if you want i do i do want to ask i want to say i'm sorry that you're not feeling well this is the first that i've heard of that and i hope that that uh <laughs> i hope that gets better i feel bad now because i've had a really good week and no, so it's okay it's okay i feel a little little bit worse about it um as far as my week goes um ended up so to, to work smaller to bigger my roommates uh my college roommates in from wisconsin so it's been cool to kind of catch up with him see him this week uh going slightly bigger we finally got a pool open this week so i was able to get out and swim a little bit which is nice to not sit in my room and do nothing but biggest news as far as the week goes if you caught when i streamed on monday i talked about it a little bit uh so if you, uh, i know brooke and a few other people were in there so if you guys caught that then awesome but i got an internship with prep baseball report which does a lot of the high school scouting around this area they do showcases and stuff like that uh so basically i got a scouting internship with them so I'll be helping run their events as well as helping them with the like TrackMan and RepSoto cameras and stuff like that at their events. And it's basically just interning as like a scout. So it should be a lot of fun. And do that. And that's right up your alley too, because I know you've mentioned time and time again, you always want to stay involved with baseball as do I, I mean, hence here we are chalk talk nation, you know, what month, two and a half going on three here pretty mm-hmm. soon, I think. And Dude, it's exciting, and you're really big into the analytical side of things. You know all the uh, the key players, maybe the ones that are, you know, a diamond in the rough that might come out even better. So I'm really excited to see how you do for the internship. Other than that, though, I mean, how's your week been? I mean, like I said, it's been really good. Just with I, the past couple of days, it outside of what we've got going on right now with this huge storm, it's been a lot nicer, which is kind of. It's been good to get outside. I actually went and threw baseball for the first time in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Tommy uh, John. <laughs> the other day. Right. So th- thankfully I didn't tear anything. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's been good to get outside a little bit, catch some sun. So it just, it feels like the past two or three weeks here where we are in Northern Kentucky, it's just been super gloomy and rainy. And so it's been, it, it's been a nice change of pace. Dude, it really has. And I'm just ready to make a baseball video, like a couple of IRL videos with you, just to put on the YouTube channel and whatnot. But I mean, you also made a YouTube video, right? I did, yeah. I guess I don't know if that got posted before or after the last podcast. So if you haven't seen that, go check it out. Uh, we started a franchise on the YouTube channel. Uh, it's for the Seattle Mariners. If you guys haven't seen the first episode, then I guess that's a bit of a spoiler for you. But 
Uh, honestly, what are you doing? Get your head in the game. It's been up for like a week now, so you need to go watch it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so hopefully the second video for that's going to be up sometime this week. But go check it out. It's going to be kind of an episode by episode thing over on the YouTube channel. So make sure if you're not already subscribed over there and uh, just be on the lookout for it. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of subscribing, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. And you can also subscribe to our website for free, which is scrolling across the top if you're watching live, chalktalknation.com. Uh, we post articles. We're going to have a weekly uh, newsletter that will launch on Mondays, kind of previewing what's to look forward to and then kind of recapping what happened the week prior. I highly recommend uh, checking out the website. It's pretty cool, nice layout. Uh, Noah, like I said, posts content on there. I'll post content on there. And, you know, it should be interesting to see how we keep going and, and growing and whatnot. And speaking of which, it's, ac it's actually Big Sexy's birthday today. Is it really? Yeah, the big guy turns oh, 47 today. To yeah, how sex. about that? How about that? So working on an article right now in the works. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, we shall we shall see. And uh, Nashville Preds, you're getting those points. Uh, well, I'll give you those points back. Anyway, but with that being said, is there anything else you'd like to say before we jump into our top 10? Well, I was just going to say follow us on Twitter as well, Chalk Tech Nation. Yep. Basically... If it gets posted on the website or if it's going to be on Twitch or it's going to be on YouTube, you'll hear about it from the Twitter page as well. So And Facebook. You, and Facebook, yeah, actually. And Facebook We're up to 150 well. likes page, so. on our page right now, which is exciting. Yeah, so basically go check out uh, the Twitter, Facebook. The, those are going to kind of be the hubs for if something gets posted somewhere else and you miss it there, you'll hear about it on the Twitter page. So that, that would be, I would say, the main hub for if you're looking to stay completely up to date with everything. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and get started with our top 10 center fielders. For everyone that's listening live in the chat, go ahead, tell us uh, who your top 10 is as we go down. Now, it, it's very important to mention that our top 10 list is subjective. You know, Noah takes a look mostly through fan graphs. I take a look mostly through baseball reference, and I'm more of the kind of eyeball player, what I see. Noah's the more analytical player as well. So, just keep that in mind, and we get our list from 20 potential players from MLB.com, uh, the shredder. So, for instance, you're not going to see Joey Gallo on this list. You're not going to see Ronald Acuna on this list. Um, so just keep that in mind. And uh, with that being said, should we flip a coin, actually, to see who goes first? Because uh, I have a quarter right here. Just kind of You can if you've got one. I do want to mention just a couple other guys that I'm thinking of that Go won't be it. on this list. Um we did Catal Marte. We grouped him in with the second baseman because that's where the Shredder had him. So he won't be on our lists. And then Wait, who did you Mookie say? Betts is another uh, Catal Marte. Yes. And then Mookie Betts is another guy that some people think of as center field. He is listed under right field for the Shredder, so he's not going to be on the list tonight either. So look for Catal Marte if you missed him on the second baseman list. First off, go back and listen to the podcast if you didn't. And then Mookie Betts will be on our list next week for right fielder. So be on the lookout for that too. And Cody Bellinger is listed as a center fielder. Yeah, Cody Bellinger is listed shredder. as a center fielder, so he'll be on the list tonight. So. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, if not, we might need to close our channel down and uh, <laughs> sell the uh, the good old website. <laughs> but yeah. okay, so I have heads. Heads means you go first. Tails means I go first. Okay. All right. Oh, jeez, that was an awful riveting flip. podcasting right here. Riveting podcast. It's tails. So wait, is that me or you? <laughs> That's you go first. Okay. Unless you want to defer, I guess it's up to you. <laughs> defer. I'll defer to the second half, to the next podcast. Okay, so my number 10, oh my goodness. My 10th outfielder is Lorenzo Cain. So Lorenzo Cain is my number 10. Lorenzo Cain's been in the league for a hot minute. He's 34 years old. Uh, he really shined in Kansas City. 
you know, when they won the World Series, when they had Eric Hosmer there, and really how the team was just solid, and then they just basically fell apart, and the whole franchise kind of, eh. But they're working their way back up. They have some good prospects in the works. Uh, he went to Milwaukee and had a couple good years. He won the Gold Glove last year. The only reason I don't have him up higher, and it was still kind of a stretch putting him on my list, to be honest, was the lack of offense production, I'd say. I mean, he, he had a three-war last year, which isn't bad per se. Um, but basically with, like, the gold glove, he, you know, he didn't make any errors. And that's – sometimes the gold glove can be misleading in a way because there's some other aspects you need to look at, like outs above average, uh, defensive run saved, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But he had 81 OPS plus last year, so that's 19 points below – below average and you know most of the times in your outfield you that's where you get a lot of offensive production and um but he's my number 10 and i still think he has a lot to offer at his age i don't know how many years left he has in his contract i'm sure preds can let you know in the in the chat (laughs) he's a big brewers guy but yeah so lorenzo kane is my number 10 yeah so Lorenzo Cain for me was like my next man off. I guess if we were doing top 11, he'd be number 11 for me. But, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head with, you know, the offense really wasn't there last season at an 81 OPS plus. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that kind of suggests that he's going to resurge a little bit is that his batting average in balls in play was 50 points below, or, or it dropped 50 points from his 2018 season to his 2019 season. But for the career, it's only like a 20-point drop. So who knows? whether we get 2018 Lorenzo Kane ever again, or if he just kind of bounces somewhere in the middle. But the reason kind of that I left him off in favor of my actual number 10 and Victor Robles of the Washington Nationals is that the defense for Victor Robles was far and away better than Lorenzo Kane. In fact, I think Robles should have gotten the gold glove over him. Yeah. And I feel like Victor Robles only being 23, he's a guy that's trending in the upward direction where Lorenzo Kane is kind of getting into his mid thirties you know, how much longer is he going to be a gold glove caliber center fielder in terms of defense? And then who knows who knows what offense we're going to get moving forward? Because kind of once you get up into those mid to late 30s, you, you don't really know what a guy's going to be offensively. So, and for a guy like Lorenzo Kane, who kind of depends on the wheels a little bit, you know, that, that could be a bit harmful. But like I said, Victor Robles is my number 10. Six in the rookie of the year voting this year. He was a gold glove finalist. Like I said, I think he should have won it. Put up 22 outs above average, which led all outfielders. Uh, 23 defensive run saves uh, in center field is also just stupid. It's incredibly good, basically. 155 games, 17 home runs, um, 317 weighted on base average, and 91 WRC plus. So, depending on where you look, he was roughly average to a little bit below average as far as hitting goes. But with that defense and him only being 23, and I think he's going to continue to get better and be. One, one of the mainstays in the Nationals lineup for years to come. I, I figured that he was worth putting at number 10 on my list. Okay. Okay. So we got we got past number 10. And to be honest with you, number 10 might be the hardest uh, number to put down on the top 10 because there's mm-hmm. 20 other players that are, you know, that you have to keep in consideration or that are sniffing, like even the 11th or 12th best right. player yeah, in the position. Right. Yeah. Like- that's the thing that I've noticed doing the research. It's like you can make the argument and then like the nine and 10 spots, usually there's five or six guys that are all deserving of like that spot. And so yeah. you almost have to pick kind of who you think, like maybe you think that they're, they're going to have a better season this year than some other guy for some reason. Maybe you just got a hunch about it, but it's just, you kind of have to split hairs when you're making those decisions at the bottom of the list. Exactly. Cause like Brandon Nemo was right there for me. 
he was close to being number 10 and he probably could be a number 10, but I had him, you know, pretty much 11 or 12. So kind of interesting to see, but I guess we'll kind of lead into my number nine. My number nine is Starling Marte. Uh, Starling Marte, one thing I really like about this guy, we know that he had some PED issues. I believe it was in 2017 um, when he was with Pittsburgh. He was suspended for 50 games or was it 80 mm-hmm. games? I don't remember. It's probably 80 because I think that's what the PED. Yeah, because he played he played in 77 games in 2017, so that makes sense. Um, kind of adds up perfectly actually. But uh, the the one thing I really do like about Starling Marte, he's one of the most aggressive base runners you'll see in Major League Baseball, uh, especially at his age and whatnot. Uh, unfortunately, he led the league in caught stealings in 2018 with 14. But, I mean, this is a guy who's still going to get you 25 bags a year stealing. And, you know, that's that's pretty mm-hmm. valuable, especially for the Arizona Diamondbacks, the team that he signed with um, this offseason. It, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out because, you know, you have you know Christian Walker, you got Carson Kelly. Um, if Jake Lamb even is lives up to his hype back in, like, 2014, 2015. But, I mean, there's some potential there. And uh, Eduardo Escobar, I mean, I could go on and on. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like him in this in this lineup for Arizona, and that's kind of why I have him at my number nine. And it, it's subjective. You could put him at number seven with the kind of production that he has to offer. The slugging percentage is definitely there too at five oh three last year in twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. one hundred twenty OPS plus, two time Gold Glove winner, and dude, like I like him, man. But I mean, I got him at number nine. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to speak on Starling Marte a ton, just because he's later in my list, and so I'll kind of save my comments for yeah when I get to Aha, him. But, a little sneak peek. So, right. so my uh, my number nine is actually Byron Buxton, uh, twenty six years old for the Minnesota Twins, and I will say that the only reason I have him as low as I have him on this list is because he hasn't played a full healthy season since twenty seventeen, and so it's kind of gonna be one of those things. How's he gonna play when he comes back? He's coming off a torn labrum in last season, so he only played eighty seven games. Uh, in the 87 games he played, though, he did play pretty well. Uh, 10 defensive runs saved, 12 outs above average in the outfield, which was actually like top 10 in center fielders. And so he only played 87 games, and that's a cumulative stat. So let's say he plays the full season, maybe he puts up 24, and then we're looking at him as the best defender. But when he was playing a full, uh, or when he played over 100 games in 2017, he won the Platinum Glove in the American League, and he was also 18th in MVP voting. So the talent's definitely in there. I mean, he's a guy that was touted as a top prospect for who knows how long. I felt like we were hearing his name forever until he got up and just kind of dealt with injuries or sputtered when he first got there. But there are signs that say that he should, when he's healthy, be a good player. Uh, in the 87 games, he cut his strikeout percentage by 6%, which is a pretty good drop for one season. So the OBP is still, still a bit lacking at 314. But I would say that if he can continue the production he had in the 2019 season in those 87 games – over a full season in 2020, then, you know, he's a guy that's going to be easily an all-star. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail around the head with that one too. And that's why it was so kind of like, I could have put him there too. It just depends on what you do with it. Um, But I guess heading into, well, I'll I'll say this too. And we're talking about Brandon Nimmo and um, it just, that lineup too, man. It's nasty. Yeah. It's nasty. You know, Pete Alonzo coming back. Like, just the offensive production you have to think about, too, in this year, if there is even baseball. Um, but even for years to come, that's that's going to be a sneaky guy, I'll say that. Uh, my number eight is Victor Robles. I know you had him at your number 10. I'm a big fan of Victor Robles. I love this guy a lot. 
Uh, he was a highly coveted prospect and whatnot. I mean, think how cool it is to win a World Series at the age of 23, right? I mean, yeah. he just turned 23, so really he was 22 at the time. It's like when I was 22, I was graduating college trying to figure my life out. Like, oh, my gosh, this guy, he's leading in outs above average defensively, 23 points. And for those, I'm going to say it again because Noah and I talk about outs above average. This is one of the most important uh, stats for outfielders, in my opinion. Yep. I um, do want to mention, I just thought of this because you had yeah. him down for 23 when I pulled the outs above average for this list, I only pulled their time in center field. So like Victor Robles also accumulated okay. one or two points in right field, I think. That's a good point. So so our numbers are probably going to be different. That's just because I pulled just their center field okay. instead of their total. So just well, going to put that out there. That, that's a good point to mention. But outs above average, and I'm going to read this again like I did last week. That way everyone knows, and for those new that are tuning in. Outs above average is a cumulative effect of all individual plays a fielder has been credited or debited with making it a range-based metric of fielding skill that accounts for the number of plays made and the difficulty of them. So, for example, a fielder who catches a 25% out probability gets a plus .75, and one who fails to make the play just gets a negative .25. So you're getting, you're getting credited with a lot more points the more difficult the play is. Vice mm -hmm. versa, if you're missing routine fly balls or you, you're not making these plays that you possibly have a chance on, maybe you have bad reaction time, you're going to get a negative 0.75 if it's a 75% probability mm -hmm. to catch it and you miss it. So it, it's vice versa. It flips around. But Victor Robles, all in total, had 23. And what Noah said, two points from right field. So that means he had 21 in center field, I'm assuming. That's that's really, really good. It's the best in the National League. Uh, this is strictly defensively. And it's kind of like that when you until you get up to the fifth spot in this in this list. But, you know, 4.1 more last year, and this according to baseball reference, 12 points below the OPS plus, but, you know, you can live with that. You know, this is a guy mm -hmm. who can lead off for you, get on base, and um, you really can't ask for much more. He stole 28 bags last year, too. So the, the, dude, the dude has speed, and uh, he's my number eight. Yeah, so um, my number eight is actually Brandon Nimmo, another guy that's kind of dealt with injury problems here recently. But it's only 69 games last year. He really kind of struggled a lot, actually. Uh, only hit 221 at eight home runs. He actually still, though, put up a 340 weighted on base average and a 114 WRC plus with that bad of a batting average. Part of that is that his batting average and balls in play dropped 60 points from 2018 to 2019, which suggests he got incredibly unlucky, which you can kind of see because he only batted 221, but his on base percentage was still 375. Mm -hmm. So it seems to me like he's a guy that probably was hitting a lot of hard line outs and stuff like that and just got super unlucky. Uh, 2018, when he did play 140 games, 17 home runs, and on-base percentage over 400, 148 WRC+, at 48% above league average, accumulated 4.5 war. I don't have his defensive metrics. I know he put up negative 3 defensive run saves above average in uh, 2019, so which is pretty bad because he only played 69 games. But that is pretty bad. But... The only thing that concerns me is that he had a neck injury last season and he also dealt with some heart problems in spring training and those are kind of things that you don't really know when a thing like a heart problem when that's going to pop up again and the neck injury i think is something that might bother him the rest of his career but despite that because he was so good when he is on the field offensively and he can get on base and i think that that's kind of a premium at a center field position like i mean the guy we, guys we've talked about so far are not really offensive killers so Anytime you can get that kind of production out of center field, I think that that's enough to at least warrant you being on this list. And so 
that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on him being decently healthy this year. That's why I've got him at eight. Okay, okay. I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. And my stats are kind of messed up, real quick. And by the way, I thought you said Nimmo for number nine. So that's my that's my bad. My apologies. You're fine. I'm like zoned out for a little bit because I'm trying to pull down my stats too and get my guys all in order. Mm-hmm. But um, my number seven is Whit Merrifield. And I know a lot of people say Whit Merrifield's a second baseman. And for those who don't have him in your top ten, I understand. Like I said, this is subjective. It's all from the twenty players. That were optional I say, yeah, we went from, from the, the shredder list. So yeah. that's what exactly. that's how they had them. What MLB did when they did their rankings. So that's what we're going with. Yep. But. So Whit Merrifield is my number seven, three point seven WAR. Uh, this is a guy who signed a, a pretty good contract, I believe, a year ago to avoid arbitration. It was a four year deal, and I really like this for the Royals because this is a platoon guy. Mostly he plays second base and outfield, but honestly, I feel like you could just put him wherever. Uh, he's just an athlete. And he's right in his prime, 31 years of age. Uh, slugging percentage, really not that bad, 463 OPS, 811. So 112 OPS plus, 12 points above average. Um, defensively, though, I mean, he saved four runs, and that's just at second base alone. I like to count that um, as well. And in the in the outfield, he didn't save, like, it was just a zero, so he's average there. But the offense production and the value he, he offers to the Royals it was. Uh, it just made sense for me to put him at number seven. Yeah, I actually have Wood Merrifield at number seven as well. Um, you know, I mean, the numbers are pretty good offensively, but they don't really blow you away either. I mean, mm-hmm. 16 home runs is not bad out of a center fielder. 302, but he's only at a 349 on base percentage. I'd probably like to see a bit more walks out of him. 340 WOBA and a 110 WRC plus puts him slightly above league average. Uh, center field, I mean, he was a positive defender in center field, one defensive run saved and one out above average, so nothing crazy. A bit of a step backward, I guess, as far as production goes. I mean, not really a ton, but he led the league in hits and triples. Uh, or, excuse me, no. He led the league in solid bases in 2017-2018, but he led the league in hits and triples this year at 206 and 210. So that's a misread by me. He didn't step back in production. I don't know why I said that. He's also a 2019 <laughs> All-Star. <laughs> No, you're just good. Looking at my own notes wrong, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, he's almost he strikes me kind of as like the the '90s type of player, where like everyone was kind of playing on that like turf type of astroturf type field, like what they had at Riverfront Stadium, and everyone's like, yeah. all right, let's get a bunch of slap hitters that can steal bases, and yeah. like it just doesn't really strike me as a modern game type of player, but. He's a super utility guy for the Royals. You can do it all. I mean, like you mentioned, a lot of people consider him second base, and it will be considered center fielder for this. He can also play corner outfield spots and probably anywhere else you ask him to play. So he brings value in that aspect as well. But it's just kind of one of those things where he was a pretty okay offensive player, a pretty okay defender, not really setting himself apart super well in either of those categories. And so that's why I just got him at seven. Yeah, and I think seven's the right spot for Witt. And maybe he can he can continue to increase, but it's going to be pretty hard with these next guys that we're going to start to to mention here. Uh, but I do want to mention real quick before I go to my number six. I said negative one uh, runs like defensive runs saved. That was when he was in left field uh, mm-hmm. that I yep. saw. So baseball reference that it is just not categorized correctly at all. I mean, it goes from year to year and then position by position. It's just really yeah. I was say that's up. how it is on Fangraphs too. It's, it, it was it's I, so I had to go dumb. back through. I realized when I did the notes preparing for this. That I had done it wrong for like the first half, so I had to go back and refix all yeah. of them. It was a it was a mess, but 
uh, got through it. You know, it's like you always say on this channel, just trying to deal with adversity, right? That's that's all we do. That's all we do. Coronavirus, no baseball, you know, uh, animals coming in through your sunroof. I mean, I could just go on and on about the adversity <laughs> I faced myself, back pain, put the team on my back. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. My number six is the center fielder for the Minnesota Twins, Byron Buxton. A lot of people counted him out uh, offensively, uh, especially in 2018. 2018 was just really brutal for him. I know he was he only played in 28 games. But even then, you know, this is a highly coveted prospect, just as much as Royce Lewis is right now. Because uh, Royce Lewis will probably make his appearance, well, I guess maybe not this year, probably next year now. Yep. But uh, Byron Buxton, man, Platinum Glove winner. So that means the best overall center fielder defensively in 2017 when he played in 140 games. He played in 87 last year, but the slugging percentage was there. Like He found it. He found the yeah. pop in his bat. Well, um, didn't everybody on the Twins? Dude, for real. Like, this, this lineup they broke, is I mean, they nasty. broke the MLB home run record by August last year. Like, I mean, I don't know what it is. Well, but. and the thing is, too, it's not necessarily – a batter, like a hitter-friendly ballpark, and same with the other stadiums in that division, especially the Tigers. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of crazy to think about. Like you, you had more home runs hit than the Yankees. That's a stupid amount of power. They might have to check those bats. I don't know, but Byron Buxton, offensively, he found he found a rhythm. I'd like to see the OBP increase a little bit. It was only three fourteen. He hit two sixty two. What really set him above, I think, was that 513 slugging percentage. So 114 uh, OPS plus, and the dude's got speed. He can steal bases. Uh, he had 14 stolen bags in 87 games. I don't hate that. And defensively, we already know what he's uh, capable of, the caliber. Very good defensively. I got him at number six. Yeah, so I've got um, a guy at number six that you mentioned previously that I was kind of heading towards before in Starling Marte. Uh, nearly acquired Arizona Diamondback after the trade that they made this offseason. I think one of the things that you didn't mention that I'll hit quickly on him is that the the added value in that Cattell Marte is now going to know where he's going to play every day. You know, that was yeah. a thing that he dealt with last year where he was splitting time between second base and center field. And some of those things where you're like switching second base and shortstop where you're still taking ground balls every day. It's a completely different routine to prepare for a game. And so I think that maybe Cattell Marte's uh, – I guess ability it may even increase a little bit just by having Starling Marte being in center field. But like you said, I mean, for me, he seemed like a guy, and I don't know maybe if it's just my perception as a Reds fan, it might just be yours as well, that he's always seemed a bit underwhelming to me. Do you get that feeling as well? Or I do. Like, like it, just... not, it doesn't seem like he's a lot of people talk about him as much or they don't really take in perspective what he actually does produce for the team. Well, I just like, I feel like, and maybe this is just me being naive and young at the time, but I felt like when he came up, everyone was like, this dude's going to be a stud. He's going to be the next big thing. Like mm. he's going to be all-star year in, year out, put up crazy production. And I just felt like, yeah, he's putting up like 119 WRC plus seasons, but like, I don't, I, maybe I just, I, don't, I just expected more for some reason out of him. And so for that reason, he's always felt a bit underwhelming to me, but I mean, he didn't have a bad season last year with 132 games, 23 home runs, Hit almost 300, OBP at 342, three war, um, eight defensive runs run saved, and uh, two outs above average in center field. So he was a bit better, which is part of why I had him over Whit Merrifield is that his numbers just compared a little bit better than I thought Witts did uh, at, at 31 years old. Um, 
He did miss some time last year with a wrist injury. That's why he only played 132 games, but it seems like he should be ready to go for spring training, so that shouldn't really be an issue either. But, I mean, like I said, it's just like I felt maybe a bit underwhelmed by him in center field, and I think with the offensive production that we're going to get to with some of these other guys we got ahead of him on the list, it just wasn't enough to get him up any higher. Yeah, a.k.a. summer training, <laughs> possibly. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Or spring training of 2021. Unbelievable. I don't even, gosh, just thinking about it just makes me so sad. I mean, I don't hate that. But no, like the whole underwhelming thing, I didn't really I didn't really see it personally about everyone hyping him up that much. Um, mm-hmm. But yet again, that could just be me, like just right. not talking about it with my friends or whatnot. But he just kind of seemed – just could be a pirates thing because i feel like i heard the same thing about gregory Polanco that's what i was that's what now see that's and, what and I, like he's not been he's done hasn't done anything either. but that's what i've been that's the one the player that has been really hyped and hasn't done anything the first thing i think about gregory Polanco, like i said is him just tripping over air and dropping not even dropping not even touching the ball at wrigley when they lost that's the only thing i think about when i hear gregory Polanco. Mm-hmm. but I don't know, but yeah, so I guess we'll head into my number five, and I think this is where we have a lot of commonalities, maybe even the same top five, to be honest with you. Uh, number five is Aaron Hicks. Aaron yep. Hicks, and, and it might be surprising to a lot of people, he's been injured, what it seems, for like centuries, um, dealt with injuries in 2015, 17, and 19, so thankfully we're on an even year if he does decide to play, but nah, just just messing with you, but this is a guy who really does have a lot of pop in his bat. He only hit 235 uh, last year, and I know Noah, he's probably in your list, and you're going to mention him and go in a little bit more detail than I am. But um, you got to think of what he has to offer when he's healthy. I mean, the OBP is 90 points above his batting average, and um, I think defensively he's still pretty good too, and I think he offers quite a bit to the Yankees in that lineup. Noah, what you got at five? Yeah, I also have Aaron Hicks at five. Um and, I mean, I feel like it's kind of becoming a theme of this list of guys that just were injured last season, and so we're kind of basing it on prior seasons. Like, Byron Buxton's been injured 2018 and 2019. Brandon Nimbo was injured 2019. Uh, Stoney Marte missed 30 games with a wrist injury. Some other guys we're going to get to later in this list also missed about a month of the season as well. It just seems like 2019 was not the year of the center fielder. So, <laughs> honestly, looking at Aaron Hicks' 2018 numbers – he played in 137 games, hit 27 bombs as a center fielder for for the Yankees, uh, hit 248, which is a little bit better, 366 on base percentage and a 467 slugging, uh, 360 weighted on base average. That's kind of all-star level. 129 WRC plus as a center fielder is pretty dang good. And he accumulated five uh, war by fan graphs while also being a subpar defender in center field. He put up negative eight defensive runs saved and four or negative four outs above average. So I think that the out, the offense in this instance, especially being in Yankee Stadium where it's not that big of an outfield, I think that it outweighs it a little bit. And so as a switch hitter, he's kind of going to get to use that short porch in right field as well a good bit of the time. And so I think that he's going to be uh, pretty good when he's healthy. That's crazy. I never thought I'd ever say that my high school baseball field was bigger than Yankee Stadium, but it was. I mean, dude, my, my field in high school, it was – Seriously, like 355, 360, the right field line. Right center was 425. Left center was like maybe 350, but there's a tall fence. You, I mean, you played mm-hmm. there. And then I was the saying, left yeah, field, you're, you're the big the gyms. 
kind of built almost like it's kind of built like uh like uh, minus the pesky pole it's kind of built like um like fenway, fenway. it really is you've got it, obviously the people listening aren't going to know what we're talking about but <laughs> in left field their their fence is we're talking about my just, high school by the way guys real right, quick yeah their fence is basically just like the side of the school where the gym is the gym yeah so it's just the big brick wall where their gym is the on 10 the monsters what we called it the 10 so, monster so yeah, it's uh Well now there's another gym next to it. <laughs> they built they have two know. gyms that you have to hit it over. That's crazy. It took away one home run for me, so it's dude, it's on my hit list as far as places I don't like, but dude, it took I'm sure away... you playing home I'm sure you playing home games, it probably took away a good bit for you. Dude, okay, real quick. So it took at least ten I'm not even kidding, ten home runs away from me in high school. Like just hit smack, like you could hear it. It was so loud when mm-hmm. it hit off that ten. And I mean the top part of the ten. It's just like you got to be kidding. Oh yeah, me. I was so mad because like it comes. Sometimes it'll come off the wall really fast too. Like the home run that it took away from me, I almost got thrown out at second base <laughs> because it's not that far down the line. It's just the big and you're not ball, that so fast either. Off. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not that quick of a dude either, but she can put me on blast. But dude, one of the one of yeah. the real quick before I head into my number four, the the furthest home run I've ever seen hit or foul home run, I should say. Well, there's the tease. My buddy who, like, could never make contact with the ball to save his life, he just had, like, one of those golf swings and just swung at everything. Well, he made contact one time, and you could hear a pin drop. I mean, it was just smacked, and it went foul, and the next pitch he struck out. But, like, hitting it 360 down the line, like, that's insane, right. especially in high school when you're, like, a sophomore. But moving on, we'll move, we'll move on from that. I was just talking about that because of Aaron Hicks and whatnot. But my number four – is Laser Loriano, a.k.a. Ramon Loriano, is what they say. Uh, this guy has jumped to the scene so quick, and I'm going to try and keep this under 10 minutes when I talk about him. Uh, <laughs> he's 25 years old. Uh, he, he came up with the Nashville Sounds, and right away, instantly, when he came up in the league, I was like, this guy is going to be special. I, I still do not understand how he hasn't won a go glove yet, to be honest with you. The dude is insane. Um... Robbing home runs, throwing guys out from the warning track <laughs> at first base. He's got the best arm in all of Major League Baseball, and that's objective. That's an objective statement. His arm is stupid good. Well, I don't know if that's an objective statement or not, but it is. It is. It is. You got his throwing velocity from the outfield to back that up. Yeah, 145 miles per hour. I'm just kidding. Okay. Maybe it is subjective, but like seriously though, he is like a really, really good outfielder. He's got a really strong throwing arm. 3.6 war, and this is according to Baseball Reference. 128 OPS plus. He was kind of a free swinger, really, in 2018 when he first came up. And, I mean, he only played in 48 games. And he still kind of is, in my opinion. I mean, he's played in 123 games. He struck out 123 times. So every game he played, he basically struck out. Mm-hmm. But when he did make contact, I mean, he hit 288, 340 OBP. Very special player. Very special player, and he he smashed 24 bombs, 29 doubles. And when you have him defensively, I called it the the 510 uh, triangle because you had Chapman in this corner, you had Olsen in that corner, and then you had Loriano. The 510 uh, triangle, as I like to call it. But uh, he's a special player, man, and I think he has great potential to climb up to that number two spot here in the future. Yeah, I, I've got Roman Laureano at number four as well, and I'm pretty sure we're going to go the rest of this list with the same yep. guys. You'd love to hear it. He's not... Be careful I, I Be get, careful what you say here, okay? 
Be careful. I get the eye. I'll hang up. Flat. Okay, that's fine. You can hang up, and I'll just <laughs> go through my list. But defensively, he makes a lot of flashy plays, and he does have an absolute cannon for an arm. But looking at the metrics, they don't like him very much. Negative seven defensive runs saved. Negative seven outs above average, which was actually second worst for all center fielders in 2019. That's dumb. But that's dumb. Offensively, also, I didn't even realize that the dude was only 25. I thought he was like 27, 28 years old. No, dude. That was totally blew me away. Yeah. But I mean, offensively, until he he missed about a month with a stress reaction in his leg. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what that means, but he missed about a month for it. But before that, he was absolutely mashing the ball, hitting well above 300 uh, on base percentage in like the 380s. He was just crushing the ball. Yep. Came back a little bit slow, and that's kind of why the numbers dropped to where they are. But I mean, if he can be healthy for all of next season, then... And, I mean, he's got the tools defensively, too, to turn it around. I mean, like we've talked about... When we talked about left fielders last week, Juan Soto went from a negative six outs above average to a six and was, like, one of the top in the league. So it's not out of the question that he can't just turn it around, especially at 25. He's definitely got all the tools to do that. And I think if he does, then there's a chance that he could jump in this list, although the three guys ahead of him are, are pretty tough competition. Yeah, very tough competition, but... One of the players that we're about to mention here pretty soon will probably change, I think, in positions. Maybe. It, we'll see how that goes. But I, If we're talking about the same guy, I think that his position uh, eligibility, or however they do it, I think he'll shift to right field for that's, next. Yeah, see, that's what plus. I was – yeah, okay. So we are thinking about the same guy. Um, okay, that's good to know. But, yeah, so Loriano, I'm telling you, man, number four, you can't go wrong. 25 years of age, he's just going to – get better and better I feel like and he really lived up to that uh, leadoff role I like the guy a lot um, let's move on to number three number three and I'm sure you have this uh, metric for me to talk about uh, for the away side of things because I would love to know but I still I think don't have the splits but you don't I still yeah. think he's a tremendous player and that's George Springer for the Houston Astros three-time all-star uh, two-time silver slugger and a World Series MVP in 2017 with an asterisk there uh, 6.4 WAR uh, as a player in total. 591 slugging percentage. 150 OPS plus. Either way, I mean, even if you do know what's coming, let's just say. I mean, you still do have to hit the baseball, and it, it's wrong. And I'm still mad at it, and I will always be mad at it, just for the simple fact my team kind of suffered in that regard. Mm-hmm. But all in all, I mean, this is a guy who still plays tremendous defense. I mean, one of the best defensive outfielders in all of Major League Baseball. And um, if you look when he came up, even in, even in 2015, I mean, he hit 276, 367 OBP. I mean, he was making a splash early on in his career too. So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of he's kind of a little bit more solidified than some of the other players like Bregman who came up in 2017, you know what I mean, and, and whatnot. So – uh, I have Springer as my number three. I do as well, and I don't. I'm not going to knock him as much for. I, I would knock his 2017 season a lot more than I would knock his 2019 season as far as the cheating stuff goes, because it, it was a lot more prevalent. I, I would say in 2017 and 2019. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that he's still. And he only played 122 games this season. He kind of dealt with a hamstring injury, and then I, I believe he actually got carted off at some point for a head injury during the season as well but mm-hmm. and 122 games 39 home runs 292 383 591 slash line uh 400 weighted on base average which is elite 156 wrc plus which is also in that close to that elite range six and a half war and i mean he did it defensively as well like you said seven defensive runs saved three outs above average in center field 
I mean, he just he kind of did it all. He's an, he's been an all star the last three seasons, despite kind of having a rough 2018 season, kind of by his standards, which may have been coming off of not knowing what pitch was coming. <laughs> right. Used to say, but right. 2019, he kind of bounced back. Was an all star, won the Silver Slugger, and was also seventh in the MVP voting. Uh, which I mean, there's really no shot of him winning it just because of the guys ahead of him, but. I mean, he's just he's a guy that does it on both sides of the field. And, I mean, at only 30, he's still in his prime. I, I think that he'll probably still be at the top of this list for the next couple of years. Yeah, and that's what I'm really – I'm really excited to see how even Bregman and Altuve, how they're going to perform, you know, the next couple of years. And next year, whenever the Astros – or whenever MLB comes back, you're going to see a spike in the OBP because of hit-by-pitches, you know. So – yeah. That's going to be kind of an interesting statistic to look at as a metric. So it might kind of be a misleading OPS per se for the following year. But nah, I completely agree with you. He's well-rounded. And uh, you speak about another well-rounded center fielder. Um, this is who we're going with right now, and I'm sure this is your number two. MVP last year, two-time All-Star, Silver Slugger, NLCS, MVP, Gold Glove, and a Rookie of the Year winner. Same age as me, which is insane. Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger, stupid war last year, 9.1. That's that's definitely like soaring past MVP status. Over 1,000 OPS. This dude just got mad at baseballs uh, this past year. 47 bombs. Man, I could just go on and on. 169 OPS plus. This dude is just raw talent, honestly. He played in... A majority of the games, he only missed six games all last year. Played 156 games, and his age 23 season at the time. It's insane. He he won a Gold Glove, Silver Slugger, MVP, and was an All Star on the same year. Like this guy, it's scary good how good he is, and he's just gonna keep going, keep going with his his numbers. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was Rookie of the Year in 2017, uh, and then quote-unquote struggled in 2018, which, I mean, I guess he struggled by his standards, but he still hit 25 bombs and had an OPS plus over 120. So, like, I guess if that's struggling, then, like, struggling puts you, like, number four on this list of center fielders. But, I mean, 2019, he cut his strike. So, since 2017, his rookie season, he struck out 26% of the time. Mm -hmm. 2019, he's he's cut that 10%. He's down to 16% of the time, which is crazy to make that big of an adjustment especially for a guy like him who's hitting 47 home runs. So, like, it's not like he's not taking big cuts either. And so, I mean, he's just crazy. At only 24, he's only going to get better. I'm not going to reiterate all the same stats and accolades you did, but, I mean, I mean, he's just crazy. And I would say that if he moves over to right field, then he's definitely got a shot at being the number one guy on the list next year. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was talking about, Noah. And because it's going to be – I don't know if they're going to put Mookie in center. Personally, I like Mookie better in center field. I do too. I think that that's where I would put him. I, yeah. I would definitely do Mookie in center and Bellinger in right. Especially now you got Gavin Lux and whatnot at second base and Muncy. Right. Like that whole right side is pretty solidified. They're the whole team. There's no. It's, yeah. There's no weakness. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 actually really scary. To be honest with you, I haven't seen a team built like this. I mean, top to bottom, even the bullpen. Since maybe the Yankees. Back in. Uh, 2008 2008 maybe or something like that but 
Dude's insane if you really take a look at that lineup, man. I mean, even Blake Trine, if he comes back to the way he was, I'm not going to go into it, but just there's a lot of sneaky good players on that team. Well, that yeah, I mean, they, they keep having guys come up too. Like Will Smith, who we talked about on the Catcher's Podcast. Bruce um, R. Gradwell, who's going to be making Bruce R. Gradwell, who they just yeah. got. They've got Dustin May and Dennis Santana waiting in the wings as starting pitchers. Walker Buehler's, what, his second or third year as a Same. pitcher. Keeper Ruiz is another guy that's a top prospect to catcher. Like, it's it never ends. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, we'll leave it at that, and we'll just mention the other guy uh, across the city. The GOAT, the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Trout. And I know Noah has him as his number one, because if he doesn't, he's fired. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, Mike Trout, I mean, no, I'll let you take the wheels of this one since I did Bellinger. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to skip the numbers for a minute. I'm just going to read his career accolades. <laughs> Rookie of the year, eight-time All-Star, seven-time Silver Slugger, four-time second in the MVP voting, three-time first place in the MVP voting, and then he also had a fourth-place MVP vote. And this is only in... It, it, the full eight seasons he's made an all-star every year i think he played like 40 games in his like not rookie season but right. kind of rookie season and that's the only time he hasn't won like an accolade which really doesn't uh, count in a way right which doesn't count because it's only 40 games 2019 he's the mvp all-star silver slugger uh led the league in on base percentage slugging percentage ops ops plus and also uh intentional walks and then the OPS plus, this is the fifth year in a row where he's led in that stat. Oh my god! <laughs> and get this, Rob. So he's led in all of that. He also hit 45 home runs, hit 291, a 438 on base percentage, 645 slugging, uh, 436 weighted on base average, which is 36 points above the elite like level, 180 WRC plus, uh, and and with all of that, his batting average and balls in play was 298, which is 50 points below his career average. So he was unlucky this year with those numbers. And that's what's even more scary. God. Seriously, generational player. I mean, people say there's been a player like Mike Trout since Mickey Mantle. And yep. it's like, wow, I wish I could go back and see Mickey Mantle play and compare the two. But right. we are ble- we really are blessed with the kind of talent that Mike Trout has put out. And like he's still going to be around, which is great for another – you know, 12, 13 years or however long his contract was. So, you know what the crazy, the craziest thing of all of that, that I found looking at his numbers Mm -hmm. is he actually has a negative outs above average at negative two. See, that makes no sense to me. I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, he did put up five defensive runs saved above average, but it's just, it's crazy to think that he's this perception of being a great defender. And I guess maybe range wise and stuff like that. It was a down year. I mean, he was positive last year, so it could have just been a bad year defensively, which it happens to guys. Because, I mean, I think he had a six outs above average in 2018. So, I don't know. It, I mean, it happens. But his season was ended early uh, with a neuroma, which, if you don't know, it's a pinched nerve in the ball of your foot. And so he only played 130, 134 games. So, by the way, only 134 games, he still put up these numbers. And I believe might have led the league in war, on at least by fan graphs. Yeah, I'm not certain. I'm not certain of that, but I'm. I would be. I would guess so, considering that on Fangraphs he has uh, Bellinger beat by .84, and I would think that that would be the guy next closest. So I mean, just absolutely insane. Uh, I mean, there's not much else to say other than this dude's just incredible, and it's a blessing to even be able to watch him play the game. Well, I have two things. Number one, Mastermind makes a really good point here in the chat. How next year with Rendon in the lineup, they're not going to be able to pitch around him as much, perhaps. 
Yeah, I would say that the intentional walk him leading the league, that might go away. Just because it's like, do you really want to put Mike Trout on for Anthony Rendon? You know? Right. And then second, um, you know, the person who's scoring, they might be, you know, a little biased in a way like, oh, Mike Trout should make all these plays. Like, oh, this is an easy play that he should make. And they might be just giving him, you know, a couple, you know, oh, that's for Trout. That's that's a high catch probability. And then he didn't get that. Okay, well, he's going to be, you know, tallied. Here's here's what I'll say why that's not the case. I was going to say, who, who's, a, who's the score right, for that? It's not it's not a person making that decision. It's based on the stat cast data. So it's not – there's no human error in deciding. Like everyone's using the same stat cast metrics. So that's what's making the decision as to what what's a 25% catch probability versus a 30%. So there's no okay. human error involved in those calculations. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up. So it actually does make sense now then why it could be a negative too. Because we all know right. Trout I mean, is It could a, be one of those things too where like – like we talked about before with Roman Laureano, where like he makes all these flashy plays in the outfield, and you know, like you said, throwing out dudes at first base from center field on like tag ups and stuff like that. But yet he's got negative seven outs above average when was towards the bottom of the league. It could just be one of those things where, yes, you're making the the flashy plays, but maybe they're just other balls that you're just not getting to or something like that. Yeah. So, but that is our top ten list. Real quick, I will read my top ten, and you can read your top ten. Uh, with me, I got Lorenzo Cain at number 10, Starling Marte at number 9, Victor Robles at number 8, Whit Merrifield at number 7, Byron Buxton at number 6, Aaron Hicks at number 5, Ramon Laureano at number 4, George Springer at number 3, Cody Bellinger at number 2, and Mike Trout at number 1. All right, and then mine, I've got Victor Robles at 10, Byron Buxton at 9, Brandon Nemo at 8, Whit Merrifield at seven, Starling Marte at six, Aaron Hicks at five, Ramon Laureano at four, George Springer at three, Cody Bellinger at two, and Michael Trout at one. So with with that being the concluding of our top ten center field um, list, next week we do our top ten right fielders. So for some players that you might be in question about, like I know Joey Gallo was mentioned, he'll probably be in the top ten list. So just be on the lookout for that. Uh, next yeah, Sunday, it's going to be. It's going to be a good one next week. It we is. Got, we still be... we got Yelich, Betts, Acuna, Gallo, Bryce Harper. There's, I mean, there's a lot of guys that. It's going to be a stacked list. Yep. There's there's going to be there's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good list, and uh, we'll, we're right back here next Sunday night at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter at Chalk Talk Nation, our Facebook page, Chalk Talk Nation. You search Chalk Talk Nation basically on anything, you're going to find us except for Instagram. So, uh, but thank you guys so much and, uh, be on the lookout for, um, future podcasts in our newsletter. So take care and thank you guys so much.